It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome into today's Locked On Auburn. My voice is about to go. Fortunately, I pre-recorded a conversation between uh, me and uh, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Very basketball heavy by uh, lots of listeners' requests over the past week. Since it's bye week, it seems uh, the timing seemed kind of fitting and uh, he and Painter did a basketball-heavy podcast the day before, so uh, the, the timing kind of worked out. So very heavy basketball show today. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Leah and I actually used Fetch Me last night. We got Niffers delivered to our home. Uh, the service was great, as always. Derek, sounded like Derek was new. Uh, may have been his first shift. Uh, did an outstanding job. And that's kind of the... Um, that's kind of the what you should expect from the folks at Fetch Me because it's not like they just kind of turn on an app and say, okay, cool, yeah, you can work for us. Like a lot of the national delivery service do, they actually are able to hire their own people. Like if you are delivering for Fetch Me, you work for Fetch Me. You're not just some contractor. So they're able to train these people and make sure that they're ready for their first night. And uh, that was great. That was absolutely awesome. So I highly encourage you to check out the folks at Fetch Me. Also, you can add a few extra dollars uh, to a donation that'll go to the Food Bank of East Alabama for the Beat Bama Food Drive. And I uh, highly encourage you to do that because at the end of their campaign, Fetch Me is matching all the donations. And obviously, that goes to a very, very good cause. So, fetchmedelivery.com, uses, uh, or you can download their free Fetch Me app, their new and improved app. Use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. Or you can use promo code APPS, A P P S. In their new app, and I think you got like $10 off, so be sure to check that out at Fetch Me. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us now. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Good off week. 
Good. It's been it's been a good off week to to kind of um, not be running in two hundred different directions with football season. It's it's been a fun week. It comes at a good time too. I mean, they've got all kinds of positive momentum going mm-hmm. into it. Two really impressive weeks offensively, and then at LSU they just kind of did everything right. And so you go into the break with, a, a, you know, some 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 nice uh, nice positive attitude, and then looking ahead, you kind of get an extra week to prepare for Mississippi State. That's kind of something that stood out to me when they released the schedule was, yep. you know, you don't have to just prepare for the air raid in just like five days. So that's nice. And when, and when we were, you know, just a few weeks ago, it was like, okay, that week against um, Mississippi State is going to be helpful. And now Mississippi State has looked dreadful since that right. first week. Then you get Tennessee after that. And then you get – so, I mean, there's a chance to build off of this LSU game. And I'm not saying those next two games are necessarily going to be walks in the park. you got to win on the road. And then you got to beat a Tennessee team that has some talent. But there's a good chance you go into the Iron Bowl six and two, and um, you know I think all bets are off at that point. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we got multiple requests for Ferg Friday this week mm-hmm. to be very heavy basketball. You cool with that? I'm cool with that. I think the bye week makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, so I want to pick your brain about the projected starting five. Right. And so if you would kind of just go through. Um, the starting five, who you think they're going to be, and what do you actually think their roles are going to be? Yeah, so this is going to be really interesting because I think there are two positions where I'm kind of leaning. Like, there there are two positions where I think three guys could fit in, um, and that is the two and the three, the shooting guard and the small forward in this lineup. Uh, you have Jamal Johnson, your most experienced player in terms of age on the team. He was a good three point shooter last season. He had to get better defensively. That seemed to be the word on him. His his offseason improvement pearls called him the you know the most improved player on the team. You got that in there is probably your two guard. And then you have to look at okay, well, also last season you saw the guy who uh, who brings back the most minutes on the team from last year is Alan Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Defensively played really well. wasn't wasn't much of a factor on offense, but got on the floor a good bit because he was a good defender and a good rebounder. He's got to step his offensive game up as well. Is he a two? Or a three? I mean, those right. guys. Uh, so he you played get, more three last year, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly, and so. But he could be a two, especially if you put a guy like Devin. If he starts with a guy like Devin Cambridge, two and three in the in the Bruce Pearl system are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, you're and right. then you got Devin Cambridge. He's the team scoring leader coming back. So you got experience, you got you know minutes, and you got points. And I think any combination of those three guys that you want to put at the two or the three makes sense heading into the year with Cambridge. I mean, look, if he can get some consistency, we saw him last season. You just go all the way off. He is. Uh, he he can. He's such a really good hot streak shooter, uh, as we've seen. And then on top of that, he's gotten more athletic. Uh, he's gotten bigger, uh, which I think is going to help him if they want to play him at the three or maybe even stretch him down to maybe some small ball four at times. Wow. You could probably do that with him. Um, so I think any combination of Johnson, Flanagan, and Cambridge, if you want to pair any of those up, I think it makes sense. If I had to go with it, I would probably say – you you could see like a Johnson Cambridge lineup, but you look at Flanagan as many minutes he played last season. Right. I think it's going to be hard for him to not be one of the first guys up. I mean, you've seen like national college basketball guys like Rothstein talk about all the good things he's hearing about Jamal Johnson. Yep. I mean, I think he was saying like he's hearing he could be one of the most improved players in the SEC. Yeah. And uh, you know some really positive momentum as far as him getting a chance to start. Um. I think experience is going to go a long way with this team, oh, and yeah. he's especially early. It it was you that wrote this. Uh, he's the only like guy that's not 
younger than a junior. Yep. <laughs> Which is crazy he's to a fourth, think about. He's a fourth-year junior, and that makes him the oldest player on the team. Yeah. And he's only been he's only played <laughs> he's only played a season really at Auburn. Right. That's it. So that's the thing about Johnson is like he's got leadership, he's got experience. The thing about him was defense, right? So last year he was the leading three-point shooter on the team in terms of percentage. You know he's got a good offensive game, but defensively he had some issues. Well, he this offseason especially with the lockdown and and you're having to do a lot of work on your own, it helps. If you're Jamal Johnson, that your dad, Buck Johnson, played in the NBA, was a first-round pick, was one of the best to come out of Alabama. He was a really good defensive player mm-hmm. um, in back in his day, and they worked really, really hard on defense. And so I think that you're seeing some of the proof of that. If he can just be, if he can be a really good three-point shooter and an improved defender and a leader in that backcourt, a steady hand, you want that. You you need that. And then on top of that, it's just going to be like, all right, Cambridge and Flanagan. What do you want? You want offense more at this point in time? You want defense? There's going to be so much mixing and matching with that crew that I think those two spots, two and the three, since they're so interchangeable, that wing spot is going to be really interesting to follow this year. And then, of course, at, at one, it's going to be Sharif Cooper. Right. I mean, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Not only does Auburn not have very many, much uh, point guard uh, this season in terms of depth, they don't really need it because the most talented player you've ever gotten uh, out of high school is is going to be on the court. And his – his offseason has just been phenomenal. What's the biggest argument against Sharif Cooper? Um, I think the big thing with Sharif Cooper, I think early on, is just like how is he going to play defense at the college level? Uh, it's going to be an adjustment because this is that is a, a skill thing? Is that a size thing? I think is that a discipline thing? Is it all of it? I think it's a size thing and an experience thing. Getting used to playing at the college level, what teams are going to try to do because he is six feet tall, mm-hmm. because he hasn't had. You know, I mean, it's just a different world trying to guard college de- uh, college offenses, especially point guards, especially point guards. And so it's that's the one thing where you'd be like, you know, he's going to play and he's going to play a lot, and I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. But they're going. Pearl has said it this offseason. He's going to have to learn what to do on defense. And and you know, one of the things Jared Harper was so small, but he was such a feisty defender that even if he was giving up a lot of size and length to guys. He was still going to be very annoying to try to beat. Oh yeah, he annoyed the uh, opposing point guards all game long. You know, and get would, two or three steals a game. It seemed like, and, and they would get theirs. But you know, it was a really he 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 knew what to do. He knew how to handle it when teams were trying to pick on him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, the thing with Cooper is that he did average a lot of steals in high school. That's a, I mean, he's going to have active hands. He's going to want to be a break starter, which is pretty big for this team. Um, but offensively, I mean. You're you're going to watch a guy who is going to be worth the price of admission. Um, he isn't a three point shooter quite like Jared Harper yet, but he's getting there. Uh, he's a better inside finisher and distributor than Harper was even at as a junior. Um, he's 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 got he's got everything that he can be to be a like the exact type of point guard you want in this offense. And he's been a leader, mm-hmm. which is key because like you have to have leadership of some kind. He's a point guard walking in, not necessarily coming in, hey, I'm better than everybody else. He's like, hey, you know, this is going to be my team. Right. So take it and run with it. And that's what, that's what people have been really excited about in preseason practice. Yeah, him. I'm sure that was part of, you know, the conversations between Sharif Cooper and Bruce Pearl and this coaching staff oh, yeah. is, all right, you're going to come in and you're going to lead this team. Like He knows that going into it. That's what mm-hmm. he agreed to. And I think everybody's going to be okay with that. I mean, his teammates realized that this is the highest rated recruit that Auburn's ever had coming in. Like they, He was the nation's best player in high school player as a junior. Yeah, He averaged 30 points in high school at a really tough classification in the mm. state of Georgia and, as AAU, and was an AAU standout as yeah. well. So 
Um, but yeah, I think that's a you know you're going to need to get some depth from uh, at point guard some, to fill in with like Turbo Jones is going to have to you know step up and, and give you some minutes. Do you think that step will be there from him? It's going to have to be. Um, early, I know fans were upset with how little they saw of him last year. And there wasn't really much of a use to see him a ton last year because it was all, you wanted to have at least Samir and Javon on the floor at all mm-hmm. times. Right. Um, but so they're going to have to see a step up from him this year, and I think it's going to come. And then you've got um, some other guys who could uh, – Jamal Johnson, I think, in a pinch could handle the ball for you at the okay. one if you needed to. And then also they've been working out Justin Powell, the six six shooting guard, uh, at, at, at emergency point guard a little bit. Just Really? Yeah, just because – um, he's just a steady. He's just a steady hand. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over much, and is just kind of got a you know he could he could run the floor if you need him to fill in for a pinch. Little Simeon Bowers action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, um, number who, who's going to start at power forward? You think? Well, it's going to be Jalen Williams, I think, and and so explosive, man. so explosive. And if it, you know, I wrote this story at the Auburn Observer on Wednesday this week. If you look at his numbers from last season. Uh, he played the last six games of the year for Auburn, played double-digit minutes in each of them. He was, like, heading into the postseason, I think Auburn fans were really excited to see what he was going to do. And that was at the same time Samir was catching fire as well. I think he was going to be the guy that everybody was going to be really, really excited about. If you stretch his numbers out to per 100 possessions or per 40 minutes, he was one of Auburn's best players last season in SEC play. Okay, Offensively, defensively, efficiency, rating, um, whatever you want to look at. Do you uh, think it's fair to do that from an analysis standpoint to stretch out those numbers? Just to say, like, hey, what was what was this guy playing like compared to the other players on his team if he was getting starter quality yeah. minutes? And so there's always going to be a step back once you play longer because of fatigue and all that. But you look at it, he affected the game in every way. Mm-hmm. He was a really good offensive rebounder, defensive rebounder. He got blocks, he got steals, he scored efficiently. Um he uh, he 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 attacked the rim. I mean, his he was making highlights all late last season with his dunks. I mean, he threw an alley oop to himself against Tennessee that got Auburn's second half comeback going against them. He is an absolute machine with yeah. what you want, and he's only getting better. And I think with more starter minutes, it, he's the guy to be a breakout player for sure. The interesting thing about power forward though is is I'm really interested to see how Auburn uses him and JT Thor this season because Thor at six ten. Kind of gives you all that kind of all-around game that you get out of Williams. Just a little taller, a little skinnier, and, a, and, and and no experience. But JT Thor, if he would have stayed in the 2021 class, he would have been a five-star. He reclassifies. He was a top 50 player still. Yeah. That's the kind of talent you got coming in. And it's just how you manage all those minutes is going to be really interesting. And like there might be some opportunities where you see Williams and Thor on the floor at the same time. And I'm very interested to see how Pearl Thor handles at the five? it. Probably. Because at the five, and we can go ahead and hop there, at the five, most likely stretch Akinbola. Right. You got Dylan Carwell as well. Stretch, you know you know what you're getting out of him in terms of like length, athleticism. Not necessarily these the centers are not necessarily scorers on your team, but if you can get them to be rim protectors and rebounders and run the floor well, that's exactly what you want in a Bruce Pearl system. Remember, think about how how Anthony McLemore looked, you know, before he was necessarily a three point shooter. Like yeah. Get to the rim. Get it took the him three backs. years before he kind of developed that. Yeah, it, it took him a little while, and and that's probably going to be the same thing with Akinbola and Dylan Cardwell. But the word on all three of those guys. So if you look at Akinbola, Cardwell, and then if you put Thor in as some minutes at the five, these are all these three guys who are all six ten or taller, who are athletes who all run and move well for their size. And so there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. And like if you are patient with them, Auburn fans, you're going to see them really, really develop. Just know coming in. 
their role is going to be protect the rim and rebound, and then we'll get you some we'll get you some easy looks on you know maybe pick and roll situations yeah. or dunks or stuff like that. You surround guys who can move like that with four scorers, which is probably what you're going to get everywhere else on the floor. That's a nasty lineup. It's just going to take a while for these guys to get going because yeah. there's just not a lot of experience there. We will continue our conversation with Justin Ferguson in just a moment. Do you feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? I know I watch football, and I love to crack open a very cold, refreshing Coors Light. The beer made to chill. I mean, watching football should be therapeutic to fans, and you don't want to have to worry about other things going on. So Mountain Cold Refreshment Made to Chill Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, literally made to chill. So it's the one I choose when I need to unwind, and I plan to do so this weekend. I have a few Coors Lights in my fridge celebrate responsibly when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill that's Coors Light get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and I love the the versatility of this lineup I mean you talked about possibly using Johnson Cambridge and Flanagan at two three four if they want to go small for whatever reason but I think there's a chance you could kind of shift it the other way if you want to go you can big. Get a really big lineup. Too. Yeah, I mean, if you want to scoot Jalen right. over at three, or mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then you know, put Flanagan at the two, and then you talk about some of those athletic guys, JT Thor at the four, and then stretch at the five, something like that. I mean, all of a sudden that lo- that lineup is huge. Like, how yeah. do you defend that man on man? The, the, the basketball has become a positionless game, really. And, yeah. And shout out to LeBron. Yes. <laughs> you look at basketball becoming a positionless game, and I think this Auburn team is going to find that outside of Sharif Cooper, who is a one in every sense of the word. Yeah. And height-wise, you don't really see him probably getting any two minutes. Right. Cardwell and Akingbola are your fives, and they probably just don't stretch the floor well enough to be your to be fours yet. You mm-hmm. know, you might not do very many Twin Tower stuff with those guys. However, everybody else – can move everybody else can play different positions if right. they want to go small ball some of those wings can hop into those four if they wanted it and if they want to go big you can kick guys down as well look at a guy like chris moore yeah he can play two through five mm-hmm. auburn has never had a player like that right who can in this system who can play two three four and five for you um Okora was the closest one but Okora was chuma chuma maybe, chuma maybe not so much on the five but yeah. i think you could do the others Okora could guard those guys sure but now you have dudes that are physically gifted that can play the offensive end that well that mm-hmm. if you wanted to put more in and just put a lot of guards around him it could work theoretically in time so it's gonna be really interesting to see what this rotation looks like because pearl said we're probably gonna go nine or ten deep there's 12 scholarship players somebody's gonna get left out in that group I wonder who it's going to be, and I wonder like how that develops over time. This doesn't seem like a group that's going to necessarily be like, oh, we're going to not play this dude all year to kind of redshirt him. This might be one of those cases where if you're Auburn, you look at it and say, you know, we'll just see who can pop by the by SEC play once we've kind of nailed down that rotation. Who will be number nine? Who will be number ten? Yeah, and know that in some situations that might flip around a little bit. There might be some games where you see some guys. There might be some games where they sit out. So it's going to be fascinating. The whole rotation is going to be fascinating because, I mean, outside of Sharif Cooper playing a lot of minutes of point guard, and I think Jalen Williams plays a lot of minutes, period, I don't know, like, what else. Like, this There's going to be a lot of mixing and matching, and, and, and I think this is going to be a versatile team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of excitement. It's just how long does it take everybody to kind of get their legs up under them and figure out their roles and and all of that? I mean, inexperience is the biggest argument 
against this Auburn team. Yes, yes, it, it is a hundred percent. And you know, I, I I think you wanted to bring this up at, at some point, but like Kempom, mm-hmm. those numbers dropped. Yeah, number sixty six, and people are like, ah, yeah, you know, it's disrespectful. I was like, no, actually, that to me is a lot of respect because you have no experience coming back. Right, right. Flanagan is your top minutes guy coming back. Cambridge is your top you know, scoring guy coming back and they were at the end of the rotation last season. And then mm-hmm. you had Jalen Williams play in late. That's the end of the rotation. You know, when you look at Kempom and you look at the numbers, what they're doing is they're relying a lot on returning experience, right? right? There are a lot of returning experience, unless the one way you can get around it is if you recruit at a really high level and Auburn had a top 10 class, but it wasn't like they, they brought in four or five stars like a Kentucky yeah. or they get a lot of really impact transfers. You can say, okay, well, this is what they've done in college ball. This is what they can mean. 66, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in that range in the SEC. Statistically, numbers-wise, that's where you could expect Auburn to be. However, they're going to get more respect as time goes on because Bruce Pearl just gets more out of his teams every single season. Now he's got a super athletic team and a super talented team that just doesn't have a ton of experience yet, and that is that makes that ceiling go way up. Yeah. Yeah, and then like CBS voted that they were going to finish seventh in the SEC, I think. Which which could be good enough to make the uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think that says actually more about just the conference as a whole. Um, this conference is going to be better. brutal. I mean, they made this, the SEC like made a decision like five years ago. Like, hey, okay, let's be good at basketball too. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's just like, oh. We got, all this, we got all this network money. Mm-hmm. We got all this network money now. We know our football set. Let's start investing. Let's start investing. You start seeing college, but you start seeing SEC baseball come up, SEC softball come up, basketball's done it as well, and you're starting to see the women's game more. Not just South Carolinas and the Mississippi states of the world, but them, right. you know, other schools starting to invest. And yeah, men's basketball. It is a it is a revenue sport. If you do it right, it can make you a lot of money as a conference. Yeah, I mean, it's trickled down to everything as far as softball oh, yeah. and gymnastics. I mean, it's uh, I mean, women's at, basketball teams have stepped up. Let me look at Auburn. They make a change at volleyball. Traditionally, one of their one of their lower performing pro- performing programs, and it's a long road ahead for for them, you know, rebuilding that program. But they go in and get a guy who was the head coach at USC. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about West Coast volleyball, USC is a machine out there. So right. it's that investment that you bring in, and of course, you bring in a guy like Bruce Pearl. I mean, he was kind of that early little run of, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, we're not necessarily a quote unquote basketball school, but we're going to get a top name basketball coach. And now you see pretty much every team in the league has a coach they can really, really be proud of that they can say, "Oh, they did their time, or they were they were stars at uh, in other conferences, and we're bringing them in to try to take us to the next level." You're listening to Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, let's talk about the impact of things that are going to happen this season from college basketball that are happening outside of the court, mainly COVID and mm-hmm. then lack of fan attendance. I've seen other schools in the conference drop kind of their attendance rules. I don't think Auburn's dropped theirs yet at the time of us recording this Thursday morning. I haven't seen anything yet from from Auburn, but 
it's going to be interesting because it's going to be low, mm-hmm. especially when you think about it. You know, there's a certain percentage they're doing at Jared and Hare Stadium, but that's outdoors. You can spread out easier. Right. Auburn Arena's indoors and very tight, very close together, very close together. So like something like Thompson Bowling Arena in, in Tennessee um, is gigantic. One of the biggest, one of the biggest arenas for college basketball in the country. Sure. They're capping attendance at four thousand. That's so a low percentage for them. You think in one or two thousand? Won't be, won't be it won't be a ton and i'm very interested to see what this means for for you know okay if you look at football who's going to football games right now it is students and then people who have a lot of money yeah people who have a lot of money who, who are friends with people who have a lot of money those mm-hmm. are who, who are getting into getting into jordan Hare stadium right now it's gonna be interesting to see what they do for basketball because you know auburn is really really takes a ton of pride in that home court advantage right that student section if you do it right i think auburn and you spread out those students around it and try to, you know, be as safe as you can but still let them bring the noise while also taking care of the people who give you a lot of money to that help you that have helped you get this program to this point with yeah. their donations. I think that's a good spot. It's probably going to it's probably going to rule out Joe fan, average fan who wants to see Auburn basketball and that and that's tough. But that's also the same thing you're dealing with in football right, right. now. And there's all, and there's just only tighter. I mean, like just, there's just gonna be a smaller stu- percentage. There're going to be yeah. students who aren't going to be able to go. Like a lot of students aren't going to be able to go to, go to Auburn basketball regularly mm-hmm. and they've been like come one come all for those games. Yeah. Do you think that hurts Auburn? Do you think it helps Auburn because I mean, they've been good at home, they've stunk on the road at times under Pearl. Do you think that possibly helps them with you know the places they're going not having? Fans? I think that's a big thing. I um, think that's going to be it, big, especially yeah. for a young team. That's a good point. It's gonna be too. harder to get yeah. rattled away from. I think for a home, you're not going to get quite the same home court advantage. But I think if Auburn plays it right, they can yeah. still be allowed because again, architecture's architecture, and even if you're not cramming that many people in there, you spread them out and get them all leaning over, leaning over on you, yeah. basically just because of the way the sound works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be very interested to see how they how they take care of fans in this in this environment because um, what we're seeing right now is I don't think that they're necessarily going to like open the doors up to everybody any you know not not anytime this school year. What do you think of the makeup of this basketball team from a personality standpoint in regards to the buy-in of okay. We need to, you know, not go out. We need to make sure that because in basketball, as close as they are, if one of these guys get COVID, they're probably all getting it. Just yeah. with the nature of, you know, how those locker rooms are, <laughs> how how you play the sport as well. You know, yeah, yeah, a lot tougher that. Um, the buy-in has been really good from this program. Uh, Pearl said it a couple weeks ago. He said the vast majority of our players have not gotten it. He didn't want to give an exact number. Okay. Um, but they've got everybody back and everybody's staying. I mean, the thing about basketball is is in the way basketball players are wired. Um, not to take anything away from football players for sure, but like no, there's if, a difference. There is a difference. But also like think about it this way. If you are these guys in the summer and also these guys in the school year, if you're a football player and there's only so much you can do practice wise, you know. It, you can if you're like a if you're like a wide receiver or a quarterback, maybe a defensive back. You can do and run some drills out on your own, but if you're a lineman, you're kind of just you're kind of just waiting for practice for the most part. Yeah. You can watch film and do stuff like that. Basketball though, you can just pick up a ball and get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Cambridge, uh, there was a thing that we we asked him about, and I think it was Nathan King who brought it up. Um, 
Devin Cambridge watched LeBron win the finals and then immediately was like, Oh, I gotta go play ball. I gotta go play ball. Like, mm-hmm. let's go unlock the gym. Let's go, let's go. And you can do that. And so you can keep yourself out of COVID trouble because, oh, I'm just living in the gym right now. Sure. And it's easier to do that for basketball. And so I think you got the buy-in, and you're seeing that in the amount of physical development we've seen from this team. Sharif Cooper has gained nearly 30 pounds since he's arrived at Auburn. Devin Cambridge is a lot bigger than he was, and he says he feels bouncier, which is, oh boy, that uh, that could be that could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Stretch Angabal has put on good weight as well. So like, I, I, the buy-in is there, and I think it's easier to buy in in basketball because you can seal yourself off and just really, really work on your game, as opposed to some of these other sports where you have to rely on other people to play and other yeah. equipment and stuff like that to, to practice. Um, it's very good for hon- honing your skills by yourself. Yeah. Justin, great stuff as always, and you're putting up great stuff at the Auburn Observer. Tell folks how they can subscribe and uh, what all the uh, stuff you have coming up. Yeah, uh, $6 a month or $60 a year, auburnobserver.com can get you access to everything we got. We did a kind of like this. We did a, um, a long basketball-only podcast that went up on Thursday. I have that story on Jalen Williams we were t- talking about on Wednesday. Did some film room stuff after Auburn LSU. Talked about Bo Nix as a runner. Um, which I think the stats there are really impressive for him. Yeah. And then next week we're going to get ready for Mississippi State. And uh, as we get closer and closer to basketball, more basketball stuff coming up, about four or five stories a week, a couple podcasts a week. And uh, as Zach can, Zach can attest, once you make the adjustment to getting stuff emailed to your phone, you'll never want to, you'll never want to go back. Yeah, yeah. I took about two articles, and I'm like, this is nice. I like yes. this. So strongly recommend it auburnobserver.com. Justin, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. We will recap everything that happened this weekend on Monday right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.